And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're in a series called The Real Jesus, and I want to talk to you today about five reasons, five reasons you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, John the Baptist said that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to look this morning at several scriptures. We're going to start at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. You'll remember in, in this chapter, Jesus, it, it, they come to a Samaritan village, and he's sitting by a well, and he's thirsty. And a Samaritan woman comes, and he enters into a dialogue with her. And we're going to break into the middle of that dialogue. Verse 13 Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. He says, if you just drink water from a faucet, you're going to thirst again. He says, but I've got some water this special. He says, the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Folks, that fountain of water that springs up into everlasting life is called salvation. This fountain of water that springs up to everlasting life is called being born again. It's called having your sins forgiven and having your name written in the Lamb's book of life. It's putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood as the full payment for all of your sins. Thank God for the water that springs up in everlasting life. Now, John chapter 7, verse 37 Jesus stood and he cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, in John chapter 4, he talked about a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. In John chapter 7, Jesus says, out of your heart, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, out of your spirit man will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him should receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified folks the rivers of living water is not a reference to salvation John 4 the, the water that springs up into eternal life is a reference to salvation but the rivers of living water is a reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit Jesus said there's a well of salvation, but he says there's also a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. How many of you have cousins? Let me just see your hands. Yeah, I've got some cousins. Well, Jesus had a cousin, and he was a preacher, and his ministry was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ by preaching repentance and baptizing unto repentance. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, pay real attention, close attention to verses 11 and 12. John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He says, hey, I can't even tote his Nikes. <laughs> He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Let's, let's read that sentence together aloud. Everybody, use your best voice. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. John says, hey, my ministry is about repentance. I'm a Baptist, but there's coming a Pentecostal after me. That's what he's saying. He says, I'm a Baptist, 
And my ministry is important. But there's coming a Pentecostal after me whose ministry is even more important. And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Now look at verse 12. His winnowing fan is in his hand. What in the world does that mean? His winnowing fan is in his hand. I looked at the Amplified Bible and it said his pitchfork or his shovel is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. You say, what in the world is a threshing floor? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) And he's going to gather his wheat into the barn, but he's going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, we don't grow wheat here in North Florida, do we? We do grow corn, though. And I'm going to ask Pastor Trent to come up here and and, and join me. And we've got a a little illustration we want to share with you. When you pick, how many of you pick corn off a stalk? Does it come looking like popcorn? No, it comes wrapped up in this... What is all this stuff called, Trent? That's, that's husk. That's a, a husk. So this is a way you get at the corn. How many of you enjoy corn? Yeah. Well, he's getting all this husk off there. <laughs> How many you got, man? Okay. <laughs> he's getting all this husk off there. We don't harvest. We don't harvest wheat. But what does he say? He says his winnowing fan is in his hand. Come on, his pitchfork is in his fan hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. We've made this a threshing floor right now. Okay, here's the picture. Here's the imagery. Jesus says, I'm going to take my pitchfork and I'm going to clean up all the, all that's left over from the wheat. I'm going to, I'm going to get all that, 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 that ended up on the threshing floor. I'm going to gather the wheat into the barn, but I'm going to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Dear ones, I just want to suggest to you, That when you're trying to get at the wheat, you first got to get through the chaff. And when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, He forgives you of your sins. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But sometimes, as you and I go through life, sometimes we have little sins that beset us. Sometimes we've got stuff going on in our life that's not pleasing the Lord. Sometimes there's a temptation that we keep giving into, and we keep giving into, and we don't have victory. And John says, Jesus is going back baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire and his fire is going to come along and it's going to burn up the chaff. How many of you know, you know, sin can, may, may, may come into your life, but it don't have to stay in your life. Hallelujah. Preach it. Thank you. I'm trying to. How many of you are glad that the Holy Ghost will burn up the chaff? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you are wearing a piece of gold jewelry? Maybe you got on a ring or a necklace or a bracelet or earrings or nose rings or (laughs) lip ring. That's right. Maybe you are 
couple years ago, our family went to the beach. Man, one of my married daughters that lives in the Carolinas, I'm not going to tell you which one. She suddenly was wearing a two-piece, and I looked, and that child had, I thought, well, honey, you look like you had staples put in your stomach. Oh, it's good. Kathy, her mom says it's gone now. Well, I've got, I've got a wedding band here, and I got a magnifying glass so I could read on the inside of it, and it says it's 14 karat gold. Some of you are wearing some 14 karat, and some of you are wearing some 18 karat, and some of you may be wearing some 24 karat gold. Well, dear ones, how many of you know that when people are mining for gold, they don't find it already shaped like a ring. They don't find it shaped like a beautiful piece of jewelry. What do they, they find a gold nugget. They find gold dust maybe. And so they sell those nuggets or they sell that dust to a middle person. And that middle person sells it to, to, uh, to, to somebody who's going to melt it down. And they're going to put it to the fire. And they're going to take that gold down into a liquid state. And when they get it good and hot and boiling, you know, if there's any impurities, if there's any dirt in the gold, if there's any anything that's not gold attached to it, it all comes to the surface. And so they're constantly skimming it off the surface. And I just want to suggest to you that our Lord God, hallelujah, He loves us so much that He says, the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the fire of the Holy Ghost will heat things up in your life and my life and God loves you too much to leave you the way you are and you say well I'm pretty good well you may be pretty good when you compare yourself to other folks but I'm telling you the fire of the Holy Ghost will start burning and the Lord will start saying hey you need to you need to deal with this in your life and you need to deal with that and here there's an attitude over there and and there's something else that's not going right I know every time Kathy and I have an argument I'm always right (laughs) until I stop and think about it And when I stop and think about it, then I realize that I wasn't right. And I've got to go and I say, honey, would you please forgive me? Did you know that forgiveness has kept us married now for 40 years? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the lubricant that oils the gears of human relationships amen Amen. and folks as you allow the holy spirit to have free reign in your life the spirit of god will will speak to you maybe you're trying to live a holy life but you can't because your flesh your 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 carnal nature is getting the better of you and you just keep falling into this temptation and you say i know i shouldn't do this but i i keep falling into this temptation i i keep going to this website i shouldn't go to i'm going to tell you something you need the holy ghost in fire to help you because when you get baptized in the holy spirit god the holy spirit will come and start living the life of christ inside you Paul says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Hallelujah. In fact, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you just need to to get hungry right now. Say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Don't wait for me to give an altar call. Just start saying, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost right now. Fill me. I just welcome the Holy Spirit into my mind, my will, my emotions. I, I invite the Holy Spirit into my life. 
Come and change me. Number two, we need the baptism with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will testify and bear witness of Jesus in your heart. The Apostle Paul wrote a scripture that I absolutely love because I remember as a born-again Christian, I used to struggle, does God love me? And am I really saved? Have you ever wondered, am I really saved? Maybe I'm the only one. But this scripture really helped me. Romans 8 verse 16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit dwells inside us. He's going to bear witness on the inside of us that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Folks, I used to struggle, am I really saved? But when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want you to know, I no longer wondered, am I really saved? Because I had a release of the Holy Ghost like I'd never had before. I thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire, amen? Amen. See, on the Damascus Road, Paul has a vision. He sees Jesus. A light blinds him. He's not from his, from his donkey. He believes on Jesus Christ as Lord, but he's still blinded and he has to be led into the city of, of Damascus. And while he is coming into the city of Damascus, the Holy Spirit is speaking to a, a man named Ananias. And he says, Ananias, I want you to go to the street called Straight because there you will find Saul of Tarsus. And he's seen you in a vision. Now catch you, God is giving Ananias a vision. But he says, Saul of Tarsus has had a vision of a man named Ananias coming to pray for him. He says, Lord, I'm scared. This man has, has, has persecuted the church so badly. He says, yes, but he is a chosen vessel. He's going to bear witness of me before kings and before people all over the world and also to the Jews. And so Ananias went and laid hands. He says, Brother Saul, Jesus has sent me. And he laid hands on Saul and immediately he received his sight and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, folks, one of the things that's happening around the world today is that God is visiting with visions and dreams. He is, he, do you know that Karen Rump wrote a book about 20 years ago? Karen Rump wrote this book. She's a faculty member at, at Fuller Theological Seminary in California. She wrote a book about how it had been documented that in the Muslim world, sometimes we think there's no hope for the Muslim world. But I'm telling you, she said the Holy Spirit had started visiting Islamic people in visions and in dreams and Jesus would appear to them and he would say, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the son of the living God. I want to be your savior. And the only reason we even know this was going on is because they began seeking out Christians and telling them about their dreams, and the Christians would then lead them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, folks, that hasn't stopped. A couple of weeks ago, I shared with you this email I got from Tony Gritzkevich. He and his wife, Anna, serve in they're, they're some of our missionaries in Vienna, Austria. He says, He says, God has been doing some wonderful things through the ministry of Vienna Christian Center. 
These things we cannot put in a newsletter or share on social media due to safety concerns. In the past several months, over 1,000 Muslims have come to know Christ as their Savior through the ministries of Vienna Christian Center. Hallelujah. You know, we've seen this. I mean, my word, uh, look at what's going on in Syria today. There's been an exodus of millions of people have left Syria and gone into Europe and other places all around the world. Folks, I just believe that God has a plan. Sometimes we just say, oh my, oh my, we can't do anything. What's this world coming to? I'm going to tell you, the Lord your God is greater. The Holy Spirit is greater than any dilemma than any problem, than any heartache. The Holy Ghost knows exactly what He's doing, and He's moving with signs and wonders. Here's what Tony, he says, 1,000 Muslims have come to know Christ as their Savior. Many of these have experienced, listen to this, a supernatural move of God in their life, a dream, a vision, a healing, or some other miracle that drew them to Jesus. Please continue to pray for us as we reach not only Muslims, but people from around the world. Hallelujah. Here's our third point today. It's the Holy Spirit who gives you understanding and insight into the Word of God and hearing the voice of God. In John chapter 14, excuse me, John chapter 16, Jesus said, verse 8, And when He has come, the Holy Spirit... He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come. Everybody look at me. Say convict. Now let's try it again. Everybody together. Convict. He will convict. What does that mean? It does not mean he will condemn. It does not mean that he's going to accuse. He will convict. He will make you uneasy about areas of your life that are not lined up with the Word of God and God's will for your life. He will make you uneasy. He will convict you, it says, of sin because they have not believed on me. The number one area of conviction the Holy Spirit specializes in is convicting people of sin, the sin of not believing on Jesus. You might be here this morning and you might be feeling a little uncomfortable. What is that? That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to give you an opportunity at the close of the service to do something about that. Don't run out. Don't say no to God because the Spirit of the Lord will not always plead with people. But I'm telling you, it's the conviction of the Holy Holy Spirit. One of the things I regularly pray for is said, God, I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Ghost will be seen in this house. I pray that the convicting power, not, not the condemnation of man, not the accusations of men, not the condemnation of the devil, but the, the conviction. See, conviction is, is gentle. Conviction is, is loving. It's, it's a wooing that the Holy Spirit does in our life. He says, verse 10, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Did you catch verse 12 there? I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. What in the world did Jesus mean? I've got things to say to you, but you can't bear them. In other words, you can't understand them now. He says, Peter, James, and John, there's more stuff I want to tell you guys. But I can't because you can't receive it. You can't fathom it. Everybody look at me. Let me explain this. Before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
I would read God's word. And I, and I love God's word. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I would read this Bible. And there's a whole lot I didn't understand. And it was almost frustrating. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was amazing to me how much more I began to understand and how the Holy Spirit began to give me illumination. Folks, we need the Holy Spirit to give us understanding and insight into God's Word. Now look at verse 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. How many of you want the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life? How many of you want to be guided into all truth? Well, you want the Holy Ghost and fire. You say, Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit and in the fire of God. I'm told that the church in China is largely an underground church. Oh, there is a state-sponsored church there. But it's underground because with a state-sponsored church, they don't want the Chinese believers to own Bibles. And they don't want them just to be able to meet, just to worship and love on Jesus at any time. They want to regulate when that can happen. And so what there is, is there's an underground church in China that's comprised of millions and millions and millions of Chinese believers. And uh, if a if a Chinese person is caught in an underground church, they'll be arrested and they'll disappear for the rest of their life. That's usually what happens. So it's, it's, it's a very severe consequences. But missionaries have told me, because I've asked, well, if there are secret police around, how in the world do people know where the underground churches are meeting? Everybody hear this now. They said, well, the Chinese Christians pray and they press into God until they get the mind of the Lord and the Holy Spirit speaks to their hearts and they know where the meeting is going to be the following Sunday. And so they show up and says it's usually in a private home and they're showing up in this private home and they begin to worship. Now, they don't have comfortable theater style seats like you're sitting in today. They're jammed in together. Many times they don't even have chairs so they're sitting on the floor and says and they'll begin to worship. They don't have a band and a choir and a worship leader like Pastor Glenn to lead them. They are they are simply coming together and they're singing a cappella and they say big tears will roll down their eyes as the Spirit of God will minister to them. Well, I heard about two brothers, and their daddy had pioneered a church in China back in the early 1900s, and these guys were from Norway. And their dad had passed away, and they had learned a little bit of Chinese as children growing up. And they said, let's go back to China and see if, see if that church is still in existence the dad started. And so they went back to that part of the country where their dad had planted the church. Only they couldn't even find the town because when the communists had come in, they changed the names of all the towns. And so eventually they got somebody to take them to the town. They drove up into the town at 11 o'clock at night. They, they got out of the car. They said a man went up to them and said, hello, Welcome to, to our town. I am a local pastor. Says we've been expecting you. Follow me. And they followed the pastor. There were several hundred Christians in this underground church. And they were singing and worshiping God. And these Norwegian men are absolutely flabbergasted. I mean, how in the world did these people even know they were coming? And so they asked the pastor. They said, did somebody tell you we were coming? He says, oh, yes, somebody did. 
Three days ago, one of our members had a prophetic word from God. And that prophetic word was this. The sons of the one who brought you the good news will be here. Be ready for them. They're going to arrive on this night at 11 o'clock. So I've been standing in the town square looking for a car to come. And you came right at 11 o'clock. Folks, here's what I'm saying to you. Jesus says, I've got many more things I want to say to you. But you can't bear them now. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need everything God's got for you because God wants to speak to you and God wants to communicate with you. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those of us that love him. But he's revealed those things unto us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. David said, deep calls unto deep at the sound of thy water spots, water spouts. And here's what I want to say to you. Some of you are crying out to God, God, I need wisdom. I I need understanding. What investment should I make? What what career should I seek? How should I handle this issue? How should I handle that issue? And I'm telling you that the greater one who lives inside you, the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost and fire starts burning in your life, when the Word of God starts burning in your heart, I'm going to tell you, He'll walk with you and He'll talk with you at a whole new level. He'll speak with you through words of wisdom and words of knowledge and through discernment of spirits and through the gift of faith and through the working of miracles and through the gift of healings and through tongues and interpretation of tongues through the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say hallelujah. I just want to suggest to you, come on, let's, let's, let's applaud. Hallelujah. I just want to suggest to you that I think some of our brothers and sisters in China know more about hearing from the Holy Ghost than you and I do. Amen. Here's the fourth point this morning you need the baptism of the holy spirit because you need the prayer language of the holy spirit you say pastor why do i need the prayer language of the holy spirit it's because paul said in romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 we love verse 28 because verse 28 says we know that all things work together for the good to those that love god and are called according to his purpose but it's an interesting thing how verses follow verses And you can't just claim verse 28 and ignore verses 26 and 27. Because verse 26 says, we don't know how to pray like we should. How many of you know that? You don't always know how to pray like you should. I don't. But the Spirit prays through us. See, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, then there's a chance verse 28 will never be fulfilled in your life. But the Spirit prays through us with groanings too deep for words. And he that searches the hearts of men knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for us according to the will of God. I'm standing before you today as a pastor because many years ago, After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in a brand new tongue, I learned that it was more than just praying in tongues. I learned there was times that that God would just, 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 I felt like he'd say, just lay down on the carpet and do some carpet time and, and allow me to groan through your lips. Allow me to pray through you. And I'd find myself saying, oh, oh, oh. And I felt like I was giving birth to something. Oh, and I prayed like that for days. And then God says, I've separated, and I've separated you from Regent University and I'm calling you forth into the harvest. And it was then that God called us to Illinois to start the church. But if I had not been praying in the Spirit, I might have missed that opportunity. Hallelujah. So many times I don't know what to do. 
So many times you don't know what to do. So many times we're faced with things that are just perplexing. But thank God that you got a built-in intercessor. And your intercessor wants to pray through you with groanings that are too deep for words. The Bible says that when Zion travailed, sons and daughters were born to the kingdom. I'm telling you, dear ones, sometimes we just got to learn to turn off the TV. We've got to learn to turn off the internet. Come on. You need to turn off your cell phone. You just need to put it someplace where you can't see it. Let it just charge for a while. You don't have to keep it in your back pocket all the time. You just need to get unplugged and get plugged into God. You just need to get plugged into God. You just need to press into the King of Kings and press into the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, Paul came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Well, I got news for you. There is a Holy Spirit. So he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Hallelujah. When he laid hands on them, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. But you know something? The Holy Spirit does not make anybody pray in tongues. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says they prayed as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. If you pray in other tongues, it's going to be because you want to. God doesn't make you prophesy. If you prophesy, it's because you want to to prophesy. God is not going to violate your will. God doesn't make people get saved. We know it's God's will for people to be saved and not go to hell. But God does not violate our personal will to accomplish his purposes. And God's not going to make you pray in tongues. But Paul looked at these 12 men. They, they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They loved Jesus. They wanted to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. So these guys are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Paul lays his hands on them. And then it says that they begin to speak in other tongues and they begin to prophesy. Dear ones, when you get baptized in water, if you go up here into this, this baptismal tank and you're baptized in water, God's not going to make you get baptized in water. If you're baptized in water, it's because you say, I want to be baptized in water. I'm going to take the first step and I'm going to step down the... How many of you remember years ago, we had a baptism service going on and, and one young lady got scared. She got scared of the water. I'll never forget that Terry was sitting on the front row and I, th I think Terry if I remember right you were wearing white pants that day and Terry saw what was going on and she knew this young lady well so Terry ran back there and walked with her into the water because she was scared hallelujah you did the right thing we didn't quite know what was going on but you did the right thing you figured it out nobody's going to make you get baptized in water and nobody's going to make you we can lay hands on you till you're bald, but nobody's going to make you speak in tongues unless you want to speak in tongues. 
I don't know why they're pointing at you, Glenn. I don't. <laughs> you can point at me too, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You pray in tongues because you want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the utterance and you step out in faith and you begin to speak. But you got to speak forth by faith. I remember I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in the basement of First Baptist Church when David Wilkerson came to town. I gave my heart to Christ. I went to what he called an afterglow service. I didn't know what it was. Dallas Holm was playing his guitar and singing, and David Wilkerson just walked around. There's about, I don't know, a hundred of us or so. He just walked around and laid hands on us and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I felt my tongue trying to trip, and I didn't know what it was. And, 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 and I, I just began to speak. And you know what? It didn't sound like any tongues I'd ever heard. It sounded like gibberish. It sounded like just a confusion and, and I almost stopped, but, I, but, but the more I prayed, the better it felt down in here. Because Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And the more I prayed, the better it felt. And folks, Jesus, we're talking in this series about the real Jesus. The real Jesus is a baptizer in the Holy Ghost and in fire. And if Jesus felt it was important that his early believers be baptized in the Holy Spirit, remember he says, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He says, you can't live this Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't live for me. You can't be a witness for me. You can't do the things you're supposed to do without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, having grown up in Pentecostal churches, I I, I would say this. I, I think I've seen a lot of people who have been filled with the Spirit, but they've never gotten the release of the Spirit and prayed in other tongues. I, I, I've seen a lot of people that I think have been filled with the Spirit, but they never yielded to the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. I've seen some people shake until you thought their teeth were going to rattle. But they nobody was there to instruct them just to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, begin to speak. I've seen, I've seen people shake and, and roll, and uh, the anointing would come upon some people so strongly. I mean, they couldn't even contain it. They're just shaking to pieces. Folks, I love the anointing. I, I'm not, I, you can shake all you want to. You can quake if you want to. You can rock if you want to. But I'm going to suggest that instead of tensing up and shaking, I believe God just wants us to cooperate and just begin to speak by faith. And, and, and it takes faith. It takes faith to begin to speak in a language that, 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 that is not of your understanding. It takes faith just to begin to speak and, and can your mind will say well this is just me this there's nothing to this but i'm telling you if you'll stay with it those rivers of living water will spring forth glory to god here's our fifth and final point this morning every one of us needs power to witness acts 1 8 but you shall receive power when the holy ghost has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses unto jerusalem judea samaria to the other most parts of the earth let me let me close with a couple of stories not long ago, I was talking to somebody, and I realized they didn't know the Lord, and so I began to share the gospel with them. And in the middle of me sharing, they interrupted me and said, do you believe in evolution? I said, I believe in the biblical account of creation. 
They said, I can't believe you believe that. I said, I believe that. Well, I can't believe you believe that. I mean, in school, we're all taught that evolution is true. I looked at this person. I said, I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. They said, what are you talking about? I said, will you believe that this old universe was just dark and nothing going on and some gases exploded and from that explosion came our solar system and other solar systems and came our sun and our moon and our planet and you believe that out of that explosion came came the earth rotating around the sun in 24-hour increments and half that's the day and half that's the night. I said, and you believe that this beautiful animal kingdom that we have came from an explosion. You don't believe there was any intelligent design behind it. You believe that not only did the animal kingdom come from this explosion, but you believe that the plant kingdom came from this explosion. I mean, we live in a beautiful world. There are a lot of beautiful things to see, and you think it's all happenstance. And you think that we as people descended from monkeys... And you believe, the Bible says, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You think about all the systems you've got in your body. You've got a circulatory system. Come on. Think of all the systems at work in your body. You think it just happened because there was an explosion in outer space, in the deep, deep cosmos someplace. And all this came about, I said, I said, you know, your, your brain is the most complex organ in your body. I said, but after that comes your eyes and you got two good eyes, don't you? They said, yes, I do. I said, your eyes are less than two centimeters, less than an inch, about, about 0.7 centimeter in an oval. And your eyes, each of your eyes has got two million parts. Think about that for a minute. And you think that those two million parts evolved over time because some gases exploded in the cosmos. I'm telling you, I am made in the image and in the likeness of God Almighty because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there is, I said, there is an intelligent designer because your eye can distinguish between 500 shades of gray and 2.7 million colors. And even Charles Darwin in his book, Origin of the Species, let me quote. He says, to suppose that the eye, the human eye, could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest possible degree. Now, he says some more stuff, and he goes on, and he kind of disowns that statement. But, folks, I'm telling you, you are not here by happenstance. There is a creator. There is a designer. There is creative intelligence. There is a big banger. There might have been a big bang sometime when God said, let there be light, and there was light. There probably was. But you and I can know the big banger. Big banger. His name is Jesus. And when somebody asks you, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? You say, yes, I was talking to the Big Banger this morning. 
His name is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. I love to play golf. I'm not very good, but I love to play golf. I'm not going to say that. I'm getting better. (laughs) One day I'll be there at the Masters. You just wait and see. I might be watching, but I'll be there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was playing golf with one of my son-in-laws, and there was an older gentleman in his 80s, I would guess, who was the starter that day. The starter, just make sure you don't tee off. You tee off when you're supposed to, so you don't mess up everything. And um, we're sitting in the golf cart, and we had talked to this man a little bit, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, says, share the gospel with him. And I went over and started just talking to him and talked for a while, and then I asked, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm not trying to be to be uh, obtrusive, but, but l- let me just ask you, if, if you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? And he looked at me, you know, like, wow, where'd that question come from? Do you know you'd go to heaven? And he says, no, I don't know. If I died today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I want to. He says, I go to church every week, but I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I said, well, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I said, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. I said, the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can call on the name of the Lord right now. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. He'll write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And you can become his child today. Would you like that? He says, I sure would. I said, just bow your heads and repeat after me. I said, Lord God. And he said, Lord God. I said, in Jesus' name. He said, in Jesus' name. I said, we come to you today. He says, we come to you today. I said, and today we, we, we put our faith in the shed blood of Christ. And he was repeating every Every word that I said, I said, now I make Jesus Christ my Lord. He says, I make Jesus Christ my Lord. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And I noticed that a smile was coming on his face. And then I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, my friend, be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I ask you. Do you want all that God's got for you? Come on. Are you here just to do your Sunday morning nod to God thing and, hey, pastor, is great. See you next week. Or do you want more of God? Do you want everything that God's got for you? Do you want the Holy Ghost and fire? Do you want rivers of living water to come forth from your innermost being? Are you serious about your walk with the Lord? Do you want more power to witness for Jesus? Do you want God to help you in your prayers? (laughs) Then I'm going to ask you, if that's the case, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all over this house. Yeah, pastor, that's me. I want more of Jesus. I want more of God in my life. I want the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. And as you stand, I'm going to ask you to start making your way to this front. I'm going to ask you to start making your way to the front, everybody. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. You're just saying, I'm hungry for Jesus. I want more of the Lord than I've ever had before. I'm hungry for the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus says, I will. John the Baptist said about Jesus, he said, his winnowing fork is in his hand. His winnowing fork is in his hand. And it says he's going to thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. You say, Jesus, I want you to thoroughly clean out my my threshing floor. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. 
I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I don't want there to be sin in my life. I want the threshing floor of my life to be cleaned out. He says he's going he's gonna to the, put the wheat into the barn. But then he says he's going to burn up the chaff. I want the chaff in my life to be burned up. Come on. All over this house. I want the chaff in my life to be burned up in Jesus' name. Come on, just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come on, come on. Come on, press in right now. Come on, press in. Don't wait for hands to be laid on you. You just start pressing in. Jesus, I want the Holy Ghost in fire today. I want the Holy Ghost in fire. I want the Holy Ghost in fire. I want the Holy Spirit in fire. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.